0: Everybody! Oh, come on! Good morning, everybody! If you're ready to praise the Lord, stand on up. And if even if you're not, go ahead and stand up anyway. All right? We're gonna praise the Lord this morning, and we're gonna worship Him, and uh, we're gonna start with a little bit of Oh, Happy Day. So you gotta smile while we sing it. All right? Here we go. in the that you're glad to be here everybody put a smile on your face if you would and let's tell somebody else that we're glad to be here this morning if you would take time just a moment uh, shake somebody's hand hug somebody's neck tell them how glad you are to see them this morning all right glad that you're here this morning. We, uh, man, just continue to pray. We've we've still got lots of folks sick. That's this whole weather change and just uh, between uh, COVID and pneumonia and uh, bronchial stuff and just everything going on. Just continue to pray for all of our folks, all of our church family to get well. Amen. And uh, just a few announcements First of all, any visitors this morning If you're a visitor, just raise up your hand We don't want to embarrass you But got two right here Thank you all for being here this morning Brother Gary's got your visitor card Just fill that out, put it in the offering basket At the end of the service We're so glad that y'all are with us today Anybody else? Anybody? Did I miss anybody? All right. awesome, awesome uh, so just a few announcements, uh, don't forget uh, on Wednesdays we have a full schedule Wednesday mornings we have a Wednesday morning Bible study Right now I believe we're in uh, 2 Corinthians And we just work through the Bible a chapter at a time And uh, always have uh, about a dozen folks uh, show up And so uh, if you don't work or you've got, uh, maybe you work a different shift And you can come 10 to 11 a.m. on Wednesday mornings Then Wednesday evening we have a full, uh, full slate for you We have a free dinner uh, that uh, starts at six o'clock and you can come and eat you don't have to go home and cook and then at seven o'clock we have a service for all ages the youth meet in here in the auditorium uh, the kids meet in the middle and all the adults meet in the fellowship hall and uh, man just a wonderful time on Wednesday nights uh, it's uh, it's crazy it's uh, it's a little bit of chaos uh, but it's good chaos it's Jesus chaos amen and uh, we uh, just always have a wonderful time uh, don't forget we have a life recovery class this is if you uh struggle and you're recovering in any kind of addiction and uh you know my theory on that all sin is an addiction so quite honestly we're, we're all addicts in some form or another uh you may think well i'm not an alcoholic or a drug addict we tend to just think of those two but there's so many other things we can struggle with amen uh uh self-control issues uh, um, anger issues uh codependency all those things so uh we don't we have a cr yet uh, we we do send people to the different celebrate covers here but uh we don't have enough people to do that but this will kind of be our start into that and so uh we're going to start a 12-week class it's going to meet on sundays uh, we hadn't decided afternoon or evening yet but you can see me if you're interested in that we already have four or five signed up for that so if uh, that's something you or somebody you know would be interested in just see me after church today and then also, uh, we have a men's fellowship. Uh, we're going we're gonna to eat because we are men, and that's what we do, Baptist men, amen. And so, uh, we're going to have a men's fellowship brunch uh, Saturday, January the 22nd at 10 a.m. in the fellowship hall. So, all you men, please come and, uh, and uh, take part with us, okay? All right, if you would, let's stand. We're going to continue to worship, and we're going to sing about leaning on the everlasting arms, Amen.
1: My favorites. I have a lot of new favorites. I want to just read you some of the lyrics to this so you'll know how good it is. Um, It's called Reason to Praise. We always, in our circumstances that are not going our way sometimes, we just can easily just let that just bombard us and just give us no joy. We just let that take our joy away. And even though we know the Lord and we know that He provides a way and it's whatever his will is we want his will to be done we still sometimes are negative and we just we need to praise him when you start praising the lord and you start singing all that just kind of doesn't matter anymore because you're praising him for who he is he's in charge he's a big god he sees the whole picture and we don't always see the whole picture until after these things happen but anyway let me read you the lyrics to this When I'm at my end, you just get started. It's talking about the Lord. When I hit a wall, you just walk through. When I face a mountain, you are the maker, so it's got to move. When I'm out of faith and you are still faithful, when I'm at my worst, you are still good. In all of my questions, you are the answer. It all points to you because you're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, You're working a way through when there's no way out. The one thing I know, that you're still on the throne. So whatever I'm feeling, I still get a reason to praise. Out of the ruins, you write our story. And out of the cross come rivers of grace. And out of the grave, burst a revival no tomb can contain. Let's see. Bridge, I'm going to tell you. This when you come around, dry bones come to life, deserts to paradise, stones just start rolling away. When you come around, my heart starts to beat again, my lungs stretch to breathe you in, souls just erupt into praise. I think that's it pretty much, but you're going to learn this this morning because we're going to praise him. And I'm going to read a few little scriptures here, I'm not going to take all your time up. I will praise you as long as I live, Lord. In your name, I will lift up my hands. That's Psalms 63, 4. Psalms 103, 2 says, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Psalms 34, 1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips for the lord is good and his love endures forever his faithfulness continues through all the generations as psalms 105 all right let's do some praise
0: you need to sit you can be seated
1: you this morning we always have a reason to praise you god you're awesome your unconditional love for us jesus lord we just thank you for this day this beautiful day you've given us a freedom lord now pray that you would just be with the service and with your word that we can apply it to our hearts father this in your name, Amen. You may be seated. Oh yeah, I guess we can. Do that. You want to do that? Okay, we're gonna do one more.
0: children we have wonderful children's church uh they can go ahead and go with miss uh cindy and all of our children's workers so just head that way give uh give miss cindy miss ginger all of our children's workers miss gail give them a big hand for taking care of our kids Uh, are y'all awake this morning give them a hand for helping you so otherwise you'd have to go do it amen amen all right Uh, everyone's a little subdued this morning everybody okay Everybody smile at me and say, it won't break your face, I promise, amen? All right. It's good. Y'all only got to look at me. I got to look at all of y'all, so amen. All right. Uh, I wanted wanted us to do that last song because it definitely goes with what I'm preaching on this morning, and I think something that we all need to hear is uh, that no matter what you're going through this morning, the Lord is there, and he can give you the peace that passes all understanding. And sometimes, you know, I'm going to talk about this morning about uh, one of the names of God is Prince of Peace. And sometimes it doesn't feel like he's doing his job on that end, does it? Sometimes it feels like, well, Lord, where are you then? Where, where is the peace? We need to understand the Prince of Peace doesn't mean he will remove all the bad from you. The Prince of Peace simply means that he will be there and he will walk through every valley with you. What does the 23rd Psalm say? We're probably all familiar with the 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, He doesn't say, I'm going to take you out of the valley of death. He says, I'll walk through it with you. Amen. And so that's what having the Prince of Peace. Uh, no matter what you're going through today, God is there. He may not seem like it. He may seem a million miles away. But I'm here to testify to you today that our God is good, even in the midst of the hard times, even in the midst of the tough times. And so, you know, I feel like um, we've gone through all these names of God. And this may be the hardest for us to wrap our mind around. And it may be the but it's probably the one message we all need to hear. He is the Prince of Peace, no matter what turmoil you're going through in your life, no matter what you're struggling with. Uh, We are going through some crazy times right now. We are losing people that we love, and I'm here to tell you it may be hard to hear this message this morning, but I want to tell you today that he is there to comfort you. He is your prince of peace. When it talks about the peace that passes all understanding, listen, peace that passes understanding isn't the stuff when everything's going your way. The peace that passes all understanding is when you can have peace in the midst of the storm, when you can have peace in the midst of everything going crazy in your life. Amen. So uh, we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. That's where we've been taking all these names from, and we've worked through each one of them. And it says this, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father and the one we're going to look at today prince of peace and the other scripture is luke chapter 2 verses 10 through 14 now this is uh kind of from the christmas story uh that we read around christmas time uh but if you'll remember the angel said something to them and this is what the angel said to them then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people As a little baby, Jesus Christ came to give us peace, peace on earth. And again, it may seem a time where it doesn't seem like there's much peace in the world. Today, people don't have much peace. Um, believers are stressed out almost all of the time. No peace, just anxiety and tension. Uh, I see Christian marriages. I do a lot of marriage counseling sometimes. And you think, uh, you think, okay. Well, the man knows Jesus, this woman knows Jesus, so surely they should be able to come together and have a peaceful marriage. Doesn't always work out that way, does it? Why? Because guess what? We're humans. I'm made out of flesh. You're made out of flesh. And guess what? You and I were born with a sinful nature. And so guess what? Sometimes we bring that into our marriage and sometimes you and I, we're operating out of the flesh. Now, I'm here to tell you, my wife, she never operates out of the flesh. Uh, but I operate out of the flesh all the time. But uh, it, we bring that into our marriage sometimes, don't we? So even as believers, we struggle sometimes. And uh, guess what? Christian marriages end in divorce just as often as non-Christian marriages. What does that say about us sometimes? That sometimes we wonder, do we really have any more peace? Uh, you know. And sometimes I think we think it's an automatic thing. Well, I'll get saved, and many people have this thought process. And I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but here's the truth. I'm going to be just dirt honest and uh, as transparent as I can with you. All right. Uh, The minute you get saved, all your trouble doesn't go away. You don't stop sinning when you get saved. You continue to be a sinner and you continue to struggle in your sin. You don't do everything right and make the right decision every time just because you got saved. And just because you got Jesus and you got the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, guess what? There's this little thing called free will. Anybody heard of that? And you and I have free will, and that means God will not beg you or make you do what you're supposed to do. He will let you decide. And so get, what that means is that you and I decide how much control we're going to give the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, the Bible is very clear that once I ask Jesus Christ into my heart, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of me. But I choose how much I let the Holy Spirit control my life and how much I let my flesh uh, control my life. So the amount of peace that you're going to have in your life and the amount of the Holy Spirit's control that, that you're going to have in your life guess what? That is completely and entirely up to you. Jesus Christ is a gentleman. He will not force you to do anything. He will not make. He doesn't make us into Christian robots to where we automatically do the right thing and make all the right choices. He wants us to choose to love Him. He wants us to choose to serve Him. And so, the amount of peace that you have in your life, and the amount of Holy Spirit that you have, and whether your life has an anointing on it—I want to talk about the anointing because I think a lot of people get confused by that word. Uh, listen, that's not some spooky uh thing that sometimes we think you know well, other denominations should believe in that listen the anointing simply means whether you have the hand of god on your life and the favor of god in your life or if god has to remove that favor in that hand and that again is all controlled by how much control we're letting the holy spirit have in my life and your life and many times we're saved individuals we're christians but we are not letting the holy spirit have much control in our lives I see a lot of people that call themselves Christians, and they come in for marriage counseling. There ain't a whole lot of Holy Spirit in there. Sometimes it's all flesh, and sometimes it's all. Why? Because one main basic part of the flesh is this, selfishness. Well, I want what I want. Well, he's not doing to please me. He's not doing like I want him to do. Well, she's not doing like I want her to do, and it becomes all about me. Because, again, that is part of our selfish and sinful nature, that I want what I want, and it's all about me, and I don't care what you want. And so instead of living as servants to each other, like if you remember those uh, wedding vows, uh, I know most of us maybe don't remember them, but in those wedding vows, you're pledging to love and to serve each other. To have a servant's heart means you have to put your own needs aside and say, you know what, it's not about me, it's about you. What can I do to serve you? And if you want your marriage, just some real basic marriage counseling right here, right now, if you want your marriage to be better, stop thinking about you and start serving your spouse, and you will change your heart, your mind, and your spirit when it becomes not about you. But I find what happens with most people is we'd rather be right than be right in our relationships. If I get in a fight with my spouse, I'd rather be, well, I'm right. Brother Mark, you don't understand. I, we were arguing, and I am right. Do you understand that doesn't really matter? If I'm more worried about being right than I am about being right with my wife, then I'm going to be messed up. My marriage will be messed up because I have a selfish attitude to say, I just want to be right. I want to win the argument. Amen. And so that's when marriages begin to fall apart because it becomes all about us. All right. Um, Listen, uh, he knows Jesus. She knows Jesus should have a peaceful marriage. Yet Christian marriages are ending in divorce all the time. Uh, Guess what? Everybody in this room probably makes more money than you ever have. Now, that's starting to uh, maybe go the other direction. But in the past, we've had more money and more stuff than we've ever had before. Yet what happens? We are under more financial pressure. We're under more financial strain than we've ever been before. How does that happen? How do we end up making more money, having more stuff, but yet always seem to just not be able to have a handle on it and always seem to be at the short end of the stick we don't ever seem to have the peace financially that we want um listen um people are angry anybody here got road rage don't point uh don't raise your hand okay you can raise your hand if you want to road rage i get it uh, we live in an angry time, don't we? Angry issue. They're, one of the biggest things that people are finding in addiction recovery, kind of a plug again for this addiction recovery, one of the main things people are coming to addiction recovery now for is anger. They cannot control their anger. We live in a society, and, and why is that? It's because, again, what culture has taught us. Culture has taught us they flip you off. By golly, you pull up next to them, you flip them off, right? Right? <laughs> you hit me upside the cheek I'm gonna hit you in the cheek now you remember kind of what the Bible says about that it says turn the other cheek doesn't it but we've been in we've been taught in a culture where it says they do something to you you do something twice as bad to them all right and so we've been brought up in this culture where if somebody does something that I don't like they cut me off in traffic or they do something they're moving too slow for me or they're not doing this or they're not doing that then we just get angry and we just lose all decorum don't we and uh, we're telling people they're number one all over the road amen i see people telling people they're number one all the time and it's not a good thing so we need to understand if he is the prince of peace what happened no christ no peace you ever seen that t-shirt no christ n-o christ no peace no christ k-n-o-w no christ no peace all right so that we need to understand that if you don't have peace in your life If you are struggling with anger, if you are struggling with bitterness, if you are struggling in your marriage, if you're struggling in relationships, the problem may not be everybody else. Uh Uh-oh. The problem may be in the mirror. The problem may be that I am not letting the Holy Spirit control me enough. So the main point of what we're going to talk about today is your peace and the peace of Christ in your life is directly related to how much the Holy Spirit, you are giving control in your life, all right? So let's look at the Prince Prince of Peace, all right? It comes from two words, two Hebrew words, Sar Shalom, all right? Sar means this, the one in charge, the Lord, the chief, the general. Shalom means rest, tranquility, wholeness, and completeness. So Prince of Peace is literally translated from the Hebrew word, Sar Shalom, all right? So... As long as we are under Christ, we can have his peace. Now, here's, here's the problem with most things. We read about the blessings of God. Everybody in this room would say, I want the blessings of God in my life. But many times we are not prepared to do the things that we need to do that the Bible says you need to do these things to have this blessing of God. So this peace that we're talking about, it we we all want that in our lives, but many of us are not prepared to do the things in our life to get that peace, all right? Does that mean we can do anything we want to and still have his peace? No. Um, Just because you got saved, does that mean that God's okay with you going out and just living like any way you want to and doing whatever you want to, and he'll just turn his his head and look the other way? That's not what that means. Now, it does mean we don't have to live in bondage to our sin, but just because you got saved does not remove you from the consequences of sin. Anybody here experience that? And in fact, he even says the opposite. He says, "If you are truly a child of God, He will discipline you." So if you're if you're doing whatever you want, living any way you want, and the Lord's not disciplining you, that's a problem. You may not be a true child of His, and that's a that's a spiritual red flag. Okay, so we need to understand you can't just live any way you want to. Uh, why not? Because when we are outside of His will, we will not experience His peace. When your private world is falling apart. Jesus can give you an inward peace That goes beyond human Understanding all right so we're Going to look at a couple of things Sar Shalom is the peace Of number one He's the peace who comforts you All right How do we find comfort in the midst of Something very terrible and tragic In our lives Uh, Man we have We have several in this crowd Today that uh, you're struggling With losing loved ones they are they are struggling, and uh, uh, my heart goes out to you. I just experienced that with my mom. And how do we find peace in the midst of that? Understanding that, you know, uh, listen, we all are going to lose loved ones. It's a, the Bible tells us it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, and you don't get to pick that appointment. God does. But yet still, doesn't make it any easier, does it? We love that person. We don't want to lose that person. Even if they're saved and we know that they're going to heaven, we still know that we're going to have this giant hole in our heart. And how do we experience God's peace in the midst of this? Because he says that he is the one who will comfort you. Two scriptures on this one. John 14, 27 says this. And Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. God says, you don't have to fear. He says, I know this is hard. Sometimes I think we forget, God the Father knows what your pain is. Jesus knows what your pain is. Do you remember that Jesus died a horrible, painful, terrible death on a cross for your sins and my sins? The Father knows your pain. He knows what it is to sit there and watch his son die a horrible death. Jesus knows what it is to experience and die a horrible death. Why did he why did he have to do it that way so that he could relate to your pain and to my pain. We cannot say that the Lord doesn't know our pain and knows what we're going through. But he says even in the midst of all this, I'm going to give you my peace. Even in the midst of hard times. Listen. Again, those of you experiencing it now, me experiencing it with my with my mom a month ago. Listen, doesn't make it any easier doesn't make the hole that that leaves in your heart any easier but i'm here to tell you i can tell you from my own testimony that god can give you comfort god can give you peace he will wrap your arms around you and he will be there one of the names of the holy spirit is he will be the comforter he will come and comfort you i, I, I want to tell you a story um, about um, a really tough time two, two stories actually um, and I, I called them and asked them if they could come share this today, but they, they were already plan- had plans to be out of town. But when I went to Longview to serve at a church over there, uh, there was a couple there, and uh, they were not part of the church, and this was shortly after I got there. And this couple lived in the, in the area, and they had a little one-year-old named Hunter, and uh, they had just put in a, a swimming pool, and they were supposed to come the, the very next day and put a a fence around the swimming pool and they were out working in the yard mom and dad kind of lost track one thought the other was watching anyway long story short hunter ends up falling in the pool and drowning so they lose their one-year-old son hunter and uh he is uh this family is not in church they're not saved they don't have anybody to really minister to them And so our church was just down the road from where they lived, and our church began to minister to them. And uh, as a result, they ended up getting saved. They ended up coming and being a part, became very dear friends. But as you can imagine, that's a difficult thing to go through. It's a hard thing. It took many, many years. But Christy and Tim come today, and they, they share that story to tell other people God can use it in your life. Something that's terrible and tragic and traumatic, God used it in our lives. And that didn't make the pain go away. That didn't fill the gap in my heart. But God uh, took what the enemy meant for evil and He turned around and He used it for good. It led to their salvation, it led to the salvation of their entire family. And God used it for good. God can use that in the midst. Uh, listen, part of, part of my job and one of the most unpleasant parts of the job sometimes is having to conduct funerals. One well, of the hardest funerals I ever did was uh, a very dear friend of ours, her son uh, was dating a, a young lady and the young lady broke up with him, kind of broke his heart and he ended up uh, getting drunk one night and uh, just in his deep depression, his deep sorrow, took his own life. And uh, I was his youth minister at the time. And so I was asked to perform his funeral. And funerals are hard enough, but that's a very hard funeral to do. And, uh, but I felt like God was telling me to get up and say something that day of that funeral, and I was arguing with God. I was saying, God, I, I don't know if I can say that. I don't know that that's going to be accepted. I don't know if the family's going to want to hear this. But I'm here to tell you, when the voice of God tells you to do something, just trust him. Because I got up and went one of the first words out of my mouth on that, that day that we did Ryan's funeral was, God is good. And I thought, God, I didn't want to say God is good because the family, nobody wants to hear. But it was almost like when those words came out of my mouth, God is good, that the Holy Spirit just kind of Flooded over the crowd, and it was almost like a sense of relief and a sense of peace. And what God was doing, I believe, was ministering to people, saying, "Even in the midst of this, even in the midst of this hard, tragic thing, God is good." And I'm here to tell you, it's a tragic thing. And uh, this is a little side note. Some of you think I know. Maybe you've grown up in a, a home, or you maybe you've grown up in a culture that told you uh, that you kind of got the impression that uh, suicide was the unpardonable sin. That's not true. That's not the unpardonable sin. There's only one unpardonable sin in the Bible. And that's the rejection of the Holy Spirit, and the rejection of Christ. This young man made a bad decision. Now, granted, it's a decision that can cost you your very life, uh, but he. He got drunk that night and that affected his decision making and he made the ultimate bad decision. But I wanted to give that family hope and understand I I was there when Ryan got saved. And so I gave them hope and I said, even in the midst of this tragedy, God is good. Even in the midst of this tragedy, this young man knew the Lord. He, He tried to drown his pain with alcohol and it ended up costing him his life. But guess what? Even in the midst of that, God is good. And God can take what the enemy means for evil and he can turn it around for good. Listen, one day, and I don't know when it is for you and I don't know when it is for me, but one day the Bible says that you have an appointment and you don't get to determine when that appointment is. The Lord determines when that appointment is. I can guarantee you, unless the Lord comes back 100% of everybody in this building, you're going to die. And we need to understand that. And the hope of heaven that we have as Christians is that, this is not the end. This is not the end. The hope that your loved one has is that this is not the end. In fact, the Bible says that this is what's temporary right here. This is a short time. If you're lucky, you might get 70, 80 years. But even 70, 80 years compared to all of eternity is just a, a grain of sand. And so guess what? What When this life ends, you open a door and you enter From what is very temporary here and short and it's over quickly. Anybody here as old as me, you find is the older you get, the quicker it's going by. And it's very, very short. Life goes like that. You got one shot and it's over. But you are gonna pass through a door one day when you go and meet the Lord, and you're gonna open this door and you're gonna enter from what is temporary here in this life to eternal life with Jesus Christ. And as I've said before, everybody in this room is gonna live forever. That's not the question. The question is where are you going to spend it? There is one plan. Read the Bible. If you're not going to do what the Bible says, if you're not going to take the gospel from the Bible, just take it and throw it in the garbage can because the Bible says there is one way. There are not many roads lead to heaven. There's only one. It's the gospel, and it's why Jesus had to come and die on a cross for your sins and my sins, which leads me to number two. Oh, Philippians. There was one more scripture there. I'm sorry. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And this is one we all need to hear. If you don't have this verse memorized or marked in your Bible, take a picture of that. Because right now during these times, you need this. Be anxious for what? For what? But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Through Christ Jesus you need that this morning I need that this morning amen be anxious for nothing replace your anxiety your worry and your fear with praise and prayer when you instead of worrying or fretting or being anxious about it or being tense about it pray about it it'll change everything amen prayer 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 all right and number two the most important thing and I was just alluding to it Sar Shalom is the God who saves you, all right? Scripture is Romans 5.1. one says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. People without the Lord, they're searching for peace in all kinds of ways. They will never find it. According to this verse right here, you have peace with God only through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we must understand that. Uh, The other verse is Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Come on, Baptists. Uh, For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. You remember when Jesus dies on the cross and it talks about, the veil that was separating the Holy of Holies and how when Jesus took his last breath, that veil ripped from top to bottom. Our separation from God and having to go through a high priest and all that was done away with. When Jesus died on that cross, he became our high priest. And it said, that wall of separation is gone. Amen. I ought to make you want to shout. Amen. It says, um, so many say, if you say this morning, this would be you and you say, I don't have peace with God then let me ask you a question. Why is that? That becomes a question. If you don't have peace with God and you say, I don't have peace with God, I don't seem to have any peace in my life, my question to you becomes, well, why is that? Why do you not have peace in your life? And it's a very hard answer and nobody likes to do it, but you it means you need to go and you need to go look in the mirror. You need to look in the mirror. I need to look in the mirror. God, what is going on in my life that I don't have your peace? Because I can guarantee you this. God's got it all together, and God is not the problem. I can guarantee you that. He never moves. He, the Bible makes this promise. He'll never leave you, and he will never forsake you. So the problem is not with God. There's only one other place the problem can be, with me. And so look in the mirror and say, God, what is not right in my life? If your marriage is struggling, don't look at your spouse. Go look in the mirror and say, God, what am I doing that I am contributing to the disintegration of this marriage? And what do I need to change so that maybe it will have an effect on my spouse and my spouse will change? Because I can guarantee you, you can try all day long. You ain't going to change your spouse. Boy, there were no amens on that one. You are not going to change your spouse. The only person you have the power to change is is you. So change you and maybe that will have an effect on your spouse. And you'll be amazed that it does. Sometimes when my attitude changes, and I don't like to admit this, but sometimes when my attitude changes, I find my wife's attitude changes. Because you know what? Sometimes I got to look in the mirror and just say, Mark, you're you're just being a you're being a little toot. And that's having an effect on that person. Here's the thing we, I, I, I get and understand, and I, I think me and my wife are experiencing this. As we get older, it's easier for me to look at her and say, man, she's getting a lot crankier as she gets older. She just doesn't have any patience. She's just getting crankier, and she's getting meaner. But you know what I find is? She tends to look at me and say the same thing. You sure are getting to be a mean old thing, and you no patience, and, uh, yeah, you're cranky. And so then I, but but you know what, it's more fun and it's easier for me to see it in her than it is to look in the mirror and see it in me. Now, the reality probably is we're both getting older and we're probably both getting a little crankier. Amen? But it's a whole lot easier and more fun for me to just point the finger and blame her than it is for me to take responsibility for myself. But that's what we've got to do. I find, guess what, if I'm a little more patient and a little more kind, then she tends to be a little more Isn't it amazing how that works? It's like a chemical reaction, isn't it? But if I come in and I'm mean and I'm cranky and I ain't feeling good and I want the whole world to know it, guess what I'm going to trigger over there? Same exact thing. So we need to understand that. All right? He is the God who saves you. Look in the mirror. Perhaps the one who can give us peace has strategically removed peace from you to draw you toward himself. So I'm going to do a little lesson this morning. You've probably seen somebody do this. Uh, I st- this is not original, but if you've seen, uh, this guy does uh, some witnessing, and he will ask people these questions. So I'm going to ask you these questions this morning. Have you ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Some of you lying right now, have your hand there raised. All right. All right. So by admission, we're all liars. Uh, have you ever taken something that wasn't yours? Raise your hand. Anything. All right. All right. This is going to be kind of tough. But let's all just be honest. Have you ever looked lustfully at someone else? All right. Again, don't be a liar in the house of God, amen. So guess what? By our own admission in this room, everybody in this room, you are stealing, lying, lustful people, amen. Because we are all, but we're all in the same boat. So guess what? That puts us all in the same boat. Uh, the here's what the enemy says here's what the devil says to you guilty 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 and guess what you have to agree with him guilty 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 is charged but you know what the bible says that jesus came and spilled his blood as your advocate all right that's that's another word for a lawyer he came as your lawyer and he says i am proclaiming to the judge god my father Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. And the judge says, why not? Because of the blood that I spilled on the cross. Amen? Amen. And that's good news for everybody in the room. All right? So, understand, the Lamb of God gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could have access to the Prince of Peace. Now, you can't earn it, but guess what? If you allow the Spirit of God to start to work in your life, Julie, you can go ahead and come. If you begin begin to let the Spirit of God work in your life, you will find more peace shows up in your life. If you begin to serve others and have more of a servant's heart than a selfish heart, you will understand and begin to see that I have more peace in my life. God shows up in a greater way. Listen, if I spend more time helping you and ministering to you, that doesn't make my problems go away. But it makes my problems seem a little further back because I have taken all my all my the attention off of myself and I put it on trying to help you. And that's not to say, again, when I go to minister to you, that does not make my problems go away, but it does put them on the back burner because I get fulfilled and I get filled with the Spirit of God by helping somebody else. So sometimes what we need to do is we just need to have a little more of God in our lives, a little more of the Holy Spirit and say you know what lord i'm going to start thinking about others instead of just thinking about myself all the time are you a mean old cranky old person Uh uh-oh i'm looking around the room here listen maybe we just need to get our minds off of ourselves and get our minds on the lord if you would bow your heads with me and i always ask this question Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you would say to me, Mark, I I got saved a long time ago, but I I haven't been living for the Lord and I've wandered far away from him. Either way, the Lord is always there. He's always waiting with his arms open wide. And all you got to do is just pray and come back to him. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But we walk away from him sometimes. And so if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you. Just pray this prayer with me in your heart and in your mind. Just pray this prayer. Prayer, Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, Lord, I, I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Bring me back to you. Thank you, Lord. I want to live for you. I want to have the peace of God in my life. Have you prayed that prayer? I don't want to embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer, would you just lift up a hand so that I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have an altar call here in just a moment. If you you prayed that prayer and you lifted your hand, I want to encourage you to come and tell me just so I can, can pray for you. If you need to come and just kneel at this altar and just pray over something. God is doing in your life. Maybe you need to come and pray for a loved one or pray for somebody. Uh, maybe you need to pray for some somebody else or maybe you need somebody to pray over you. Uh, Brother Martin will be on that side of the stage. I'll be on this side. We would love to be able to just pray for you this morning, whatever your need is. Father, I just pray you'd have your will in your way during this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. Julie's going to lead us in a song. Uh, If you'd like to come and pray, you can come and pray. If you need to come and join the church, uh, whatever you need to do, uh, you just come at this time.
2: Again to your eyes upon Jesus. Look for in his wonderful faith, faith.
0: the things of earth. to just share just a couple of things with you. Um, many of you know that uh, Teresa and Glenda and Chris and uh, uh, Brad Hobbs is he's now in hospice uh, on the spur over here, and they just wanted to con- to convey to you as a church family, thank you for your prayers and all your encouraging words. And uh, as a church, we provided food for them the other night, and just thank you for lifting them up. Continue to pray for their family as they go through some of this transition like we were talking about. I also want to include Miss Tracy now with her mom. Uh, She is kind of facing some of the same thing with her mom as cancer. And uh, man, we just, we need to rally around. This is what being a church family is all about, amen. To be there for each other, to love on each other, to encourage one another. Can you watch church in your living room on a video screen? Yes, you can, but that's what that never takes the place the body of Christ. This that is not the way God intended it. Uh if you're sick, then definitely, you know, if you're not able to be here, that's one thing. But don't let it ever take the place. We need each other. We need to be in the house of God. We need that fellowship and that community together. Amen. Uh brother Jack Allison is here. So glad you're here, Brother Jack. We love you. We've been praying for you, brother. Amen. And this is again this is what church family is all about. Uh, You can't minister to each other through a video screen amen Uh, we need to be able to love on each other and pray for each other so i just want to encourage you with those words today let let these people know how much you love them how much you're praying for them all right all right god bless you i know god's team the cowboys plays here in a little while i i'm I'm just kidding i know that offends some people i don't want to offend you amen Uh, but uh go have a great rest of your sunday i hope you have a great rest of your day god bless you